This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hey, 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 everybody. Are you guys good? You guys ready for the word? Amen. So let's open up in prayer. Let me just thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for the privilege of preaching always the word. Such a great responsibility. And uh, I just want to thank them for that. Father, in the name of Jesus, come before you now, Lord God, and I make it known that I do not trust nor depend on my limited human abilities. But I'm trusting in you, Spirit of God, to preach the word through me. Heal every heart. I pray in Jesus' name. Let the word go forth, changing the lives of each and every person. And in advance, I will give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Let me hear you. No, like you really mean it. Come. No, like you really, really, really mean it. Okay, good. (laughs) All right. So uh, we are starting with our part two of our series, Out of the Cave. And tonight, our title is called Stepping into the light. So from darkness, from the cave, stepping out of the cave into light. Now, as you might know, is that this is the month of mental health. Many people are struggling with depression and mental health issues. So I want to talk to you about the topic of depression. But I believe that God has got something to say about it. So it is the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly, or life the way God has it. Amen? So it's not God's plan for you to suffer from mental health issues. Amen? Let me try here. You're not supposed to suffer from mental health issues. Amen. All right, there's a nice choir there in the back there. I love it, okay? Because you see, we know that God wants us to, first of all, know God, know Him, find freedom, come on with me now, all right? Discover your purpose and make a difference. Yes, that day. (laughs) Now, come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Now, I recently read about the fact um, that many people, are going through difficult times mentally. They are not coping. They are falling into depression and anxiety. People are just not coping with the stresses of life, with the things that we're going through in COVID right right now. And here at CFC, a couple of years ago, we did not know even what the word mental health meant. And if you had a mental health issue, we would normally say, we'll pray for you. But in the last three years, we've realized that more and more people are asking us about this. And so we've changed as a church, and we're going to address the issues regarding mental health so that you can find freedom in that area. Amen? We all go through mental issues, whether it's just something that oppresses you, makes you stumble or, or stress in a situation. We all go through a time when we go into a cave. Because it's important for us to find freedom, family, so we can turn mourning into joy and we can turn ashes into beauty. Amen? Now, sure, I'm sure that God has got something to say about this matter. 
And tonight we're going to hear about it. So I want to explain this topic tonight, which is dear and which many people, you might not put up your hand and say, yeah, Pastor Johnny, that's what I want to hear about. But many people are going through it. Many people are watching it today online and that you need an answer to this. How do I come out of the cave? So I want to explain it to you through the life of Elijah, who is arguably the greatest prophet in the Bible. I mean, he was the one together with Moses that was there on the mount when Jesus was transfigurated. Amen? I mean, he is a mighty man of miracles. He's a mighty man of power. He's a mighty man of faith. I mean, he spoke and then things happened. He's the prophet of the day. And right on the heels of his two most significant, greatest spiritual victories, and you need to take note of that now what I'm saying, on the heels of your victories, the devil comes in and he wants to destroy him in his soul. Just when you think things are going well, Pastor Johnny, why did this happen now all of a sudden? Amen? So we see in in 1 Kings 18 that Elijah prays This is his two spiritual victories. He prays for the greatest, uh, uh, first of all, he defeats the prophets of Baal. And he offers a sacrifice, doses it with water, so it's impossible to ignite by itself. And then God comes down in the fire and ignites it. First miracle. And they say, this is God. God is the Lord. The second one is where he pray for the drought, three and a half years of drought. And then when Elijah prays, God then brings a monsoon of rain. Two massive spiritual victories. Then immediately, (laughs) when Jezebel hears that this is what's happened and that Elijah has killed her prophets, she vows to say, I will not rest until I kill you. And Elijah fears for his life and he runs. So literally two or three verses after the victories, this great prophet is ready to take his life. And he wants to go into a cave. He's hiding, and he's scared of the things that he's facing. So Pastor Greg showed you guys last week the six things that get you into the cave, and today I'm going to be talking about the things that will get you out of the cave. You guys ready? All right, so let's pick up the story here in 1 Kings. Let me just get it. This is now Elijah running away because Jezebel is after him, after these mighty miracles. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over the hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and then he lay down again. I like that. He ate and then he lay down again. Amen. I mean, of us, I mean, when we've eaten, we just want to lay down again. Amen. I mean, you can see it. This thing is not a tight fit. It's just because maybe too much eating and laying down. I don't know. (laughs) Then the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat again. (laughs) For the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. And I want to even say, you're adding here, strengthened by that sleep. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, 
the mountain of God. Now the angel visited him family, <clears throat> not to attend to his spiritual needs because he was going through a spiritual battle, but the angel attended first to his physical needs. Because you are physically not able to make it, then you're not gonna make it. You need to be strengthened, eat and sleep, eat and sleep. If you're in a cave, you need physical sustenance first. Amen? Now Mount Horeb here is Mount Sinai. This is the place where God gave the law to Moses. This is the place, Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, this is the place where God was manifested in in his presence to Moses. Today we know that God lives inside of us. God does not appear to us like at Mount Sinai, but God lives inside of us and he speaks to us in our hearts. So the solution to depression is stepping into the light. The solution to depression is to step into the light. When depression darkens what you see, Depression will make you not see clearly. And when you step into the light, that's how you can fight or combat depression. I believe God will do a lot for you, family. But hey, you need to take a step. Amen? You need to take a step first. You can't stay in the cave. You can't stay in the cave. So look at this one. The first thing that you need to do is, number one, you need to be stepping into a needed recovery. If you're in a place where mentally you are not coping, where you are burnt out, you are freaking out, you are arguing and, 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 and having fights with your family and your children and your wife and your spouse and, and, and your, your boss, you need physical recovery. You need recovery. You need to recognize that you're in a cave and you need to come out of that cave. Now let me illustrate it to you, why you need physical recovery first. If someone were to go for an organ transplant, the, the doctor will tell you before the time that you need to be or ensure that your body is very healthy. You need to be healthy so that you can receive what it is that they're gonna put inside of you. Else you might reject the organ. You see, you might be too sick to be healthy. Did you hear that? You might be too sick to healthy because your body is sick and is fighting off the organ that they want to place inside of you. The unhealthy body will reject the solution. You with me? I wonder how many times God wants to put a solution inside of us, but we are too unhealthy to receive it. Amen? I wonder how many times God wants to do something in us. Like for example, we listen to a powerful sermon here at CFC like right now. I mean, they're giving, they're giving you the solution, but you are too unhealthy to receive it. You need to be healthy, healthy enough to receive the solution, family. So rest up, eat something. Rest again and eat some more. Now that sounds awesome, amen? Amen, you like that? Okay. So we have to get our lives back in order, take control of our lives, 
And this is your time. You need to manage your time. For physical recovery, you need recovery. You need to be in control of your own time. The Bible talks about that one hand full and tranquility is better than two hands full and full of toil and chasing after the wind. There are many people living today with two hands full. You are pushed to the limit. You are exhausted. You are tired because you're not dealing with your time. You need to recover, but you need time to recover. Look what it says here. If I don't prioritize my life, someone else will. For most of you, it's maybe your kids. They're prioritizing your life. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your boss. And if people are just prioritizing your life for you, you will never have time. You will never be able to recover or rest. <clears throat> so take control of your life. Purpose what is important. It's important that we know that we've got X amount of years on this earth. How are you gonna spend that? Look what the Bible says here in Psalms. Teach us the number of days, of our days, and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. In other words, to have a balanced life. So take it easy, family. Plan, rest, eat. I prescribe to you doctor's orders Sleep and Krispy Kreme donuts. Okay? We need to recover. Amen? Now, it goes on here in 1 Kings. There he went into a cave. This is Elijah on his way. He's now arrived at Mount Horeb or Sinai. So he went into a cave and he spent the night. Many of us, when things are becoming too much, when we cannot deal with things mentally, we go into a cave. Pastor Greg spoke about it. Tonight we're dealing about how to come out of the cave. So he went into a cave and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant torn down your altars and put your prophets to death and with a sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. We're dealing with physical recovery. For the Lord is about to pass by. Here is my second prescription to you. Go, whenever you are coming, if you want to come out of a cave, you need to go into the presence of the Lord and you need to meet with God. Amen? Amen? It's your first thing that you need to do. It goes on then, verse nine. Then a great and a powerful wind tore the mountains. You know the story here. The mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. I mean, this sounds like, Woo, this is hectic. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. The presence of God, family, is very precious. We have to learn how to step into a God encounter. We have to learn how to step into a God encounter. Which brings me to step number two. 
stepping into a God encounter. The first one, you must hear the voice of God. You must be in his presence. The second one is now you need to have a God encounter. Look what it says here, most of the time. We look for the dynamic, but God is in the intimate. Many times we think a God encounter is gonna be, it's gonna be fire, brimstone. So we look for the dynamic, but God is in the intimate. Amen, family? We always want it to be this very, uh, um, as I say, very explosive thing. I mean, you want, when, when you got born again, when God touches you, it's gonna be, everybody can see it. But God doesn't work that way. How many of you figure that out? God works in such a way that it is very intimate. He is in the small whisper. And if you don't listen, you're gonna miss his voice. I mean, look what it says here in Psalm 6, uh, 46, verse 10. Can you guys see on the sides? Not yet, okay, all right. I'll just give it to you. In Psalm 46, verse 10, the Bible says, be still. And then it tells you, to know what to do after that. You see, sometimes we just wanna to come to the Lord and tell him all our problems. Be still and know that I am God. Don't talk. Come on, everybody. Don't talk. Don't say things. Don't confess all your scriptures. Don't say, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. Just be still and know that I am God is what we need to focus on. Amen? So the stillness, is in the intimacy with God, and that is worship. Amen, family? That is worship. Recently, we've been going through a difficult time. Don't worry about these guys. They're just trying to figure this out. They'll get it. They'll get it right, okay? Recently, our family has been going through a tr troubling time, mentally struggling to cope with certain things, a challenging time, a hurting time, and I think during COVID, many people has gone through that, whether it was your jobs or families or death or whatever it might have been, a challenging time, mentally struggling to process through all of these things. And, and we're waiting for something dynamic to happen and change it all around. But how many of you figured out that is not how God works? It is in the whisper. Amen. I remember during that time, I didn't feel like prayer. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't have the energy to voice it. When I heard the worship songs that I stood on to believe for my deliverance, I couldn't listen to those worship songs anymore. I didn't feel like prayer. I didn't have the energy to voice it even to God, to say, no, I just don't feel like it. My attitude was, you know, Lord, you know what I'm going through. I'm in this cave. But fortunately, I had the luxury of knowing God for the last 22 years. Amen. In this church, I know how to recognize his voice. Apostle Theo has taught us well. And because of that, we have been taught from the word of God. So I know how to hear the still voice of God. But the secret is worship. You see, I have to come into his presence. Even though I, maybe I'm not singing, maybe I'm not praying, maybe I'm not saying a word, be still and just hear what God is saying to you. Now, you guys know also, four years later, you can't still, I'm still waiting. I'm still, I'm still, still. Yeah, now you're so still that God is even wondering, is he still there? <laughs> Amen. 
So I would worship in my prayer room. It would be, I promise you, it would be difficult for me. I was in a cave. And I would go into my prayer room. I would put my music on. I just didn't feel the presence of God. But I knew that he was there and I was waiting to hear his voice. Worshiping has been the rescue for me. It is my go-to of what to do when something happens. The Bible says that he is looking for worshipers that will worship him. Amen? So look what it says here in Psalm 73. Isn't that amazing? This thing just came back on by itself. From my perspective. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. Amen? You see, if you're gonna try and figure it out all along, the first 15 verses of this portion of scripture here just deals with, woe is me, this and that and everything else. God cannot work with that. Eventually the Lord is gonna say to you, okay, are you finished now? Give me something that I can work with. Amen? And sometimes we just like to wallow in our sorrow and I'm not diminishing it in any way whatsoever. But he says there, when I try to understand what has happened in this last couple of weeks and months, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. In other words, the sanctuary of worship. This is the changing moment. Amen, family? So when that small voice came, when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? In other words, why are you scared? Why are you running away? Why are you crying and weeping and wallowing in your sorrow? I need faith to work here. And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. Look at him complain now. The, the Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, put your prophets to death, me, almost, with a sword. I'm the only one left, the only one. There's nobody else going through this. And now they are trying to kill me too. So we can see uh, Elijah has lost his confidence because he received a threat from Jezebel. It was his equivalent of getting no likes and negative comments on his social media. Amen. He just got no likes. He was looking, no likes. Nobody likes me. Nobody. I mean, I've been trying so hard. I'm pouring like a post. Provocative questions. Nobody even says like or even says laughing at a serious thing. You know, nothing. And then one or two people comment and it's negative. You see, people will say things about you that pollutes your spirit or can pollute your spirit. He was downcast. He was sulking. But we have forgotten what is our true identity. And that is that our identity is in God. We must never forget that. And we gotta remember what God says about us, family. You see, I remember years ago also, I was also in a difficult situation in a cave. And I would lay for hours, nochal, crying before the Lord. <laughs> and I would say to the Lord, but what, why, this, why, why, why? And I remember the Lord said to me, when you finish, tell me, because I can't work with this. This is not who I created you to be. 
This is no faith. And so many times I just had to stand up and dust myself off literally from the dust on the floor. And I had to proclaim, even though I didn't believe it the first time. Listen to what I'm saying now. Even though I didn't believe it the first time, I had to proclaim how God sees me. And after the second time, I started to believe it a little bit more. And after the third time, I started to believe it a little bit more. And so on and so on. And eventually, both God and I were in agreement on how he sees me. And now my faith was rising. And now I was able to step out of the cave. Amen? It's not how we feel or what other people say about us. But it's what God says about us. Amen, family? That brings me to point number three. Stepping into a true identity. What God has to say about you is the most important thing. That's why I love that you came to church tonight. Amen? I mean, here you will hear church. You will hear what we're going to say to you, what the Word of God says. You're not going to hear what the world is saying. At the church, we're going to speak to your situation about whatever it is that's going on in your life. And we're going to declare over your life every Sunday, every weekend. Amen? Here at this church, you're going to hear that you are loved. You are valued. You will discover your purpose. And you will be able to see how God sees you. Come on, say this with me. Declare this. Say, I am healed. I am redeemed. I am set free. I have a purpose. And I will make a difference. Amen. That's what you will get at this church. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise there. I understand that most people don't hear that. Most people don't hear that. They are just told how bad they are and how, what a failure they are and how they will not succeed in life and this and that. I understand that. Most people don't hear that. But I want to say this to you, family. Won't you declare that over your life the way God sees you? Declare it over your family, your spouse, your children. Tell them God loves you. You're an achiever. You're the best. God has got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. Even maybe in your mind you say, I don't know where this boy is going. Yes, he's just making it, getting like 45 or 33 or whatever. I, you just say, you are the, the most cleverest guy I've ever seen in my life. Confess that over him, so it can be. Even though it's not, so it can come to pass. Amen? So declare it over your family. Let them make a difference. Let them believe that they can make a difference. That is true identity in Christ. Amen? So I'm gonna give you now a new translation of Elijah when he was speaking about it. It's a brand new translation that just came out. Um, it's a translation, it's called the PJT translation, the Pastor Johnny translation. So let me give you that version in my, in my, uh, uh, from my perspective, and then you'll see just how ridiculous this is. I mean, let's have a look at this. It says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> I've been very faithful in this church, working for 20 years. Okay. The government won't let us fill up our auditoriums. And culture is going to hell. Things are falling apart, and I'm the only one left. And everyone cannot see what we, are, what, what we are doing here. Nobody can see what we're doing here. And what we're doing here is right, and it is good, and they are all against us. Amen. That's how we sometimes read the word. That's how sometimes we sound. Amen. Look at this. 
No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Amen. So family, don't allow it. Come, give the Lord a praise if you want to. Now I'm going to believe what God says about me and my situation and not what man is saying about my situation. Not what Instagram or social media is saying. I mean, this is good preaching, right? Even I'm saying amen, amen, brother, amen. But let me talk to you. So we have to take a couple of steps. We looked at three now. You need recovery, number one. You need a God encounter, number two. And number three, you need to know who you are in Christ. The next two is most probably the most important of these three. Coming out of the cave. I want you to see from the scriptures here that God did not answer one of his complaints. He did not answer one of his complaints. But he said to him, go back the way you came. Let's read. The Lord said to him, so even though with all that sulking, (laughs) the Lord said to him, go back the way you came, all 513 kilometers of it. And go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Hazel. Anoint another guy and another guy and succeed somebody else as a prophet. And I will put this one in charge and yeah, and, and this one will happen. Something else will happen to him. But listen, he says, yet I reserved 7,000 in Israel. You are not the only one that's going through this. Listen to me, family. You are not the only one going through this. There are many other people that is going through this at this time. All whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. He's saying, get back to work. There are others that are in the same position as you. Stop whining and, number four, start stepping into a new assignment for your life. Amen? Start stepping into a new assignment. You see, secular psychology will tell us there's nothing more powerful than starting a new project. Starting whatever it is, uh, maybe it's a new job, maybe it's a new city, maybe it's a new hobby, maybe it's something. I mean, Pastor Simone and I now sold my BMW, downgraded to a, a bucky. We're changing our lives. We're taking on a new assignment. If you end up just paying bills every month, you will end up in a cave. Amen? But if you know that your life means something and you're doing something that makes a difference for eternity, that's a whole different thing. I see what our dream team is doing. I'm so amazed at these guys, our dream teamers. They're making a difference every weekend. This church runs because there's a dream team. They're living out their purpose and their passion. I see our welfare groups helping so many people in this country, attending to the needs of people, providing our groups are providing spiritual guidance and affirmation and building it up and saying, you can because who you are in Christ. I see that. And so I see a lot of purpose. I see a lot of purpose in this church. 
which says that we are doing something right with our lives. Amen? This is why we have service. This is why we take the offering to make a difference. In the lives of people that don't have, in people, in the lives of people that are struggling, in the lives that crave connection, in the lives of people that are in a cave and need to come out. We're doing something that matters with our lives, and that is called purpose and vision. Look what it says here in Proverbs. Where there is no vision, the people perish. You must have vision. You must have vision for your life. You must have a new assignment to come out, do something different. Look what it says here. Victor uh, Frankl said this. People have enough to live by. Listen to this. But nothing to live for. They have the means, but no meaning. Amen, family. And in 2 Corinthians, the Bible says, therefore we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We don't lose heart. It might not look like on the outside that, I, that I'm coping, but I'm coping. How, how, how is this, Lord? For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all your troubles. Amen? So we fix our eyes not what is seen, but what is unseen. You see, we are looking too much at things that we can see, too much of the dynamic, but we're forgetting the intimate. Since what is seen is temporary, subject to change, but what is unseen is eternal forever. So let's go on. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha. Elisha the prophet, son of Shephat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 11th pair or 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. He said, I will never do this alone. And he therefore stepped into point number five, stepping into a relational strength. We need people around us. We need people to help us. And yet at CFC, we are here to help you. Whatever you're going through, we can help you. You're not gonna do it alone, but we're gonna put a mantle upon you so that you can cope, so you can come out of the cave, okay? Because that is the plan and the purpose God has for your life, okay? Amen? Look at me, look at me. We are not going through this by ourselves. God did not design us to go through this by ourselves. Amen, family? I'm begging you, for those of you that are contemplating things or you have secrets that nobody knows, you don't have to tell everybody your secrets, but you've got to tell someone so you can find help. Relationally, you can be strengthened as you come out of the cage, cave. We are not designed to walk through this alone. You're not going to get from us a, what, I can't believe it, you're doing those kind of things? No, I think you will get this, the following attitude from us. Whew, you too. I thought it was only me. We're gonna help you. We're gonna help you find freedom. We're gonna help you come out of the cave. Amen? And we're gonna do it through that.
Look at what it says here. Look carefully at the closest associations in your life. For that is the direction you're headed. If you're going to hang out with the same people that took you there into the cave, that's where you're heading again. But if you're going to surround yourself with some strength, with some people that can help you, then that's the way you're going to go. And you're going to come out of this. Amen, family? We are praying for you, church. Every day we pray for you. We pray that God would strengthen you in your inner man, that you would be mentally ready to take on the challenge and the task because God has called us to serve in the kingdom, each and every one of us. Not, yeah, it's for you, pastor. No, it's for you. It's for you. We're just gonna watch. (laughs) So let me summarize here. We need to step into needed recovery. Amen? Amen. We need to be stepping into a God encounter. Thirdly, we need to be stepping into our true identity of how God sees us. Number four, we need to step into a new assignment. And then lastly, we need to be stepping into a relational strength. Surround yourself with people that can help you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me talk to you now. If you need help after hearing this, You say, Pastor Johnny, I'm in that cave. I heard now the five steps that I can follow. And I realized that I need Jesus. I've tried to do this myself, but I just keep on failing. Nobody's moving around, only workers. If you need help, you say, Pastor Johnny, please help me. Please help me. Will you pray for me? It will be my greatest honor and my privilege. Can you help me take next steps? Yes. Can he help me to find freedom? Yes. What is the first thing that I need to do? Well, apart from the five things that I mentioned, but the first, first, first thing is you gotta make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. If you are here tonight, you say, that's me. I wanna make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. Or secondly, perhaps you hear say, Pastor Johnny, I used to serve the Lord, but I no longer do. I wanna return and restore my relationship. Will he receive me? Yes, he will, friend. He's waiting for you to return. Or perhaps you just hear you say, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven or hell. And sometimes I find myself in a cage and I'm not sure how to get out. Will God forgive me? Will God help me? Yes, he will. So if that is you, any one of those three invitations, the count of three, if you feel comfortable, raise your hand. Just as an indication to me and to the Lord that you mean business with him and that you want to take a next step. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed at the count of three. One, two, three. Three, wherever you are. Here we go. I see your hands. Thank you. I see your hands. See your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. If you feel like you need freedom, maybe you are saved, maybe you are born again, but you say, Pastor Johnny, I need freedom. I'm stuck in my cage. I need somebody. Please surround me with relational strength. Can somebody help me? Yes, we will. Raise your hand and say, I need help. There we go. Thank you. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. That took a lot of courage. Thank you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you. Help me. Help me. Help me. I need somebody to help me. I believe there's one or two more people that are just... They need to raise their hands, but they're just not doing it. 
And I'm not here to force you. I don't want to. But I want to help you to take your next steps. All right? Wherever you are, last invitation. Raise your hand if you need help. Help me, Pastor Johnny. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Pray for me. Now, everybody that raised their hand, including those that says, help me, I want you to say this prayer out aloud with me. You ready? For your benefit, we are all going to say this together. Come, let's say this, family. Father in heaven, come to you in the name of Jesus. I come as I am. Lord, I need next steps. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. You sent him to die on the cross for me, to go to hell in my place so I can be free. I receive that. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I believe it in my heart. I say it with my mouth. From this day, I promise to serve you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.